Hello and welcome to the Remojo podcast. I'm Jack Jenkins, the founder and CEO of Remojo, the world's only complete app-based program helping conscious adults quit porn. We're on a mission to help as many people as possible wake up, get a lust for life and quit porn and you can join the movement at remojo.com. That's remojo.com. I'm here today with my guest Matt Artisan, aka Attractive Man, um, which you can find on his YouTube channel, a world-class dating coach with over a million followers learning from him on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. He's a leading expert in helping men make major transitions and changes in their lives and fulfilling their potential. And he offers various coaching and training programs online and offline, which you can find out more about at theattractivemancoaching.com and from the links in his social bios. But without further ado, Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Excited. Great to have you. So why don't we start just at a high level, I'm really curious, like, you know, just to hear your story, how you got into teaching guys how to become more attractive, more successful with women, and um, just, you know, have a better dating life. How, just tell me a bit about how you actually got into that. Yeah, it's a good question. And like a lot of people that I coach or mentor, I was just really bad with women, very awkward, very shy. Not even just with women, with people. Um, you know, when I was younger in my teens, and even through college, so I, you know, I would always get envious at the the guys who made it seem so effortless and natural. Mm. And so back in, I guess it was like two thousand, no, no, nineteen ninety six is when I first picked up my first like book on how to meet women. It was literally just called How to Attract Women. Uh, when I was about 16 in Borders yeah. Bookstore. And so I started learning this stuff very early on, but it didn't really do much for me. So I, I started practicing at bars um, that, were, that were all ages bars, where bands mm-hmm. were playing. And I just noticed that the girls there were interested in the guys on stage. So I decided, well, hey, let's try that. Let's, let's uh, start a rock band learn mm-hmm. how to play guitar and that'll solve all of my problems and it kind of did sort of for a while i moved to california um in, in 2000 and started a rock band in like 2004 something like that and we got pretty successful we toured with a lot of big bands like lincoln park and, and a bunch oh, of big wow. bands at That's the time cool. in uh 2007 and so it was easy to meet girls like they were approaching me after a show and everything seemed fine. Like, you know, I thought I was going to be a rock star. I thought my dating life is, is solved. You know, I'm meeting all these women going on plenty of dates and hooking up and all that. And then all of a sudden in 2008, my band broke up and I felt like super depressed because I felt like my cool factor was gone. Like my rocker identity was gone. And why would girls like me now if I'm not this cool rocker guy? Yeah. So thankfully, during that entire past 10 years, I was still studying and reading books on how to meet women. I still wanted to be better at that. And even in my band, I was always known as the guy, like always talking to girls, but I just sucked at it still. Like you'd think I'd be confident after all that, but like when the band broke up, my confidence just took a spiral. And so I I found some workshops in LA that taught pickup artistry. And I yeah. took those workshops and I started studying 
all that stuff, learning a bunch of lines and routines and, and tricks and whatnot, and got pretty good at it. And uh, long story short, I won't go into everything, but I just realized that a lot of guys, I started helping out at these workshops and I even became a trainer for the, the company that I was doing these workshops with. But I realized a lot of guys weren't, were, were struggling. They would come up to me and they'd be like, I can't remember the lines and everything we learned. And so I was like, there's gotta be an easier way than memorizing all this stuff and using this like pickup persona. Yeah. So as I started helping other guys that were on these workshops, I realized there's, there's gotta be easier way. And I kind of just dropped all the lines and routines for a while and started studying guys that were just naturally good with women. Thankfully I was living in Newport beach where there's a lot of surfer dudes and they're just kind of naturally good with women most of the time. And they don't know anything about, about dating advice and pickup. And I just learned a lot and started teaching. I put an ad on Craigslist. I was like 12 years ago now and just had my first client and it just kind of started from there one client turned into 10 clients and got referrals and then i started doing small workshops yeah and then i moved to vegas and people would fly to me and then i decided i'm just gonna travel all over the place i spent four years traveling nonstop and doing workshops in 40 something countries and just this natural more authentic approach worked much better and i i think people wanted to get away from like the pickup tricks and learn something more natural and actually bring out their true attractive self. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty familiar with maybe some of the guys that you might be talking about. Like, I don't know, did you, were you involved with RSD at all? Or were you with some other kind of one of those, there's a few other maybe LA based Uh companies. Yeah, I wasn't really involved with them, but I knew their stuff. I mean, I studied, I, I yeah. watched their all their programs for sure and <clears throat> others similar to them. Well, I, I'm curious, like, why do you think that um, it's interesting the way that LA and Las Vegas have emerged as like the hubs for this, all of this information and training and writing and, um, you know, content, books, courses and everything is all like 80 90 percent of it is coming from pretty much la and las vegas like what why do you think that is like what is it that's special about that place and the people there it's a good question i don't know they just they would flock to la like the the kind of the founders of pickup if you want to call it that like move to la for whatever reason and then i think after a while like they more recently, and I say recently, maybe in the past five, ten years, have moved to Vegas because they found out yeah. oh, this is an even better stomping ground. So I don't really know why, but I know there's a lot of people um, doing pickup in London as well, where where you guys are. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I think I forget which which area. There's certain parks that are like known for if you go to this park, like, and you're an attractive girl, you're probably going to get approached a couple times. Uh, okay. Um... Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I don't know any of the guys that are that are sort of teaching or training in London. Um, but yeah, are, are you from LA as well, personally, or did you uh, did you move there? Were you from there? Yeah, I moved to LA when I was eighteen. Uh, but actually, I mean, I lived there when I was a kid as well. Mm. Uh, and then when I was ten, moved to North Carolina. And then as soon as I was eighteen, I was like, I need to get back to LA. If I'm going to be in a band and and be a rock star, I need to get back to LA. So I went to UC Irvine, studied computer science, 
but really my dream was to make it big in a band which yeah. never happened i mean we got kind of big but obviously <laughs> it's quite big it's, it's, yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah i mean we never we were never signed or anything but the funny thing is too like compared to the results i had with women being in a band like they would see me on stage in front of sometimes thousands of people compared to now where i don't have that i get way better results now hmm. way better i'm go- you know just dated much more attractive women, have more dates. You know, I'm in a great relationship now. Like my results are way better not being in a band, but having this, if you want to call it a skill set, but also just having that internal confidence. Yeah. I mean, talking, you know, with reference to that, I sort of building that internal confidence, like how, how is your understanding of what's important changed over time like I assume you probably had some idea of what's important at the beginning and then you you know you got involved with either training companies training programs um, and things like that Um, and then I'm curious like how your understandings evolved through that period and then you know during your own um, when you've launched your own uh, YouTube channel and coaching programs and things like what do you think have been the big paradigm shifts in your life and your journey that have actually you know, help you create that life. Not to sound cliche, but I think such a big part of it has to do with mentality, you know, the way you think. So I just really kind of just shifted my perspectives on things. You know, even when I was very depressed after my band broke up and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, I was sell- I had no money. You know, I was playing in a, in a rock band. We weren't making any money. Yeah. Um, I was selling garage doors. I had a degree in computer science and I was selling, I was going door to door selling doors. My family was not pleased with that. They paid for my education. They were not happy with me. I was making no money. I was eating at the soup kitchen sometimes just to save money and like get free groceries from the, from the homeless shelter. Seriously. Even though I did have a job, it just wasn't, didn't pay too well. Um, but what really changed everything was just my mentality, you know, just looking at like the things that I'm grateful for, the things that I do have. And on top of that, taking action, right? You can sit around all day and try to think positively. That's, that's nice, but you're not going to get anything unless you take action. So of course it went hand in hand with like, all right, well, let's figure this out. What am I going to do about working on, you know, getting better with women and building confidence? Okay, let's take these courses that I happened to stumble upon and I started taking those courses and of course that was you know one of the best decisions I ever made it completely changed my life in fact personal development in itself has totally changed my life like courses that I've taken that had nothing to do with meeting women but yeah. it just had to do with the way you think have you know I've, I've invested tens of thousands of dollars but it's all completely worth it so yeah, that's what really all... made the biggest difference yeah, it's all related, but I, I'm really curious. I just want to pick up on like something you said there, which is that uh, one of the the thing that jumped out in terms of uh, mental shifts um, was you mentioned like uh, gratitude and thinking about what you do have. Is is that was that actually the and then taking action? But that's let's uh, put we'll put that to one side for a second, right? So um, in terms of yeah, in terms of mental breakthroughs, paradigm shifts, was that the one? Was that like a gratitude practice? And, uh, you, you know, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, 
what you did. I'd say that's a that's a big one. I don't know if it's it's the one or if there is a a specific yeah. one thing that that changed everything. But it's definitely like just a different attitude, a different perspective, and just seeing what what is great about anything. Like if anytime I'm in a city shitty situation, the, like what is good about it? What is great about it? Because nothing is really ever inherently negative. In fact, negative is just a word we put on an event, something that happens. Or this is good, this is bad, right? Those are just judgments. So there's almost always you can find the, the value, the wisdom, the positivity, the learning, the growth in just about anything. So a lot of it had to do with just looking at that perspective. I know it's like the half glass the glass is half empty or the glass is half full kind of thing, but it's so true. If you make that into a daily practice in your life of thinking, A, what are you grateful for? What do you have right now in your life that you're grateful for? Whether it's as simple as being alive, I have all my limbs. There's people out there who don't have all their limbs, all my toes yeah. and fingers. There's people out there that aren't living anymore, obviously. Um, so just being grateful for what I have, but then also throughout my day throughout my life when things happen, especially that put me into some kind of negative state that I can, I can look at, okay, well, what, where, where is the gratitude here? What am I grateful? What, what happened that I can look at and say, well, this was positive. This was great. This was helpful. And that can make a huge difference. It's just like I tell my clients when you get rejected by a girl, okay, what was great about it? What did you do that was great? Well, you went and talked to her, like, kudos to you. That might be the only thing you did that was great, but everything else might have been not so great, but give yourself some credit for that. Most guys wouldn't have had the cojones to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, well, optimism and I think infinite resourcefulness are quite attractive qualities in, in anyone. So there's something to that for sure. And then on the flip side, you know, pessimistic ungrateful people are pretty unattractive as well so um you know makes makes a lot of sense um i think um but talking about uh you know taking action and you just mentioned basically um you know making approaches right uh i think you know i want to talk a bit about approach anxiety right because i think that you know probably I feel like most guys that just aren't getting uh, either dates or relationships um, that they that they want or they, they're unfulfilled in that area of their life, fundamentally, they're probably just not getting into enough interactions with people, right? I feel like that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that actually applies to a lot of areas. It's like if you're, um, if you have a business and you're trying to raise investment, if you've actually got a solid business and you can't raise investment, you're probably just not talking to enough uh, potential investors, right? If you've actually got something that's solid. Um, And I guess the same applies on the dating market. If you're a solid guy and you don't have enough going on, you're probably just not getting into enough interactions, right? Um, So um, same with sales, right? You've got a solid product, whatever. You're probably just not reaching enough people and having enough conversations. So um, I think this applies to a a lot of life. Um, but you know, I think, uh, a lot of guys struggle with actually overcoming approach anxiety and just taking that step to actually approach people that they're interested in 
and start to make something happen you know um what how would you kind of uh what would you say to the what would you say to these guys first of all you know people that don't let's say people don't make approaches generally unless they're drunk right um what would you say to these guys vast majority of guys the vast majority will not approach sober in fact i i heard a stat one time i don't remember where i heard it from or if it's true but it was that the average guy does four cold approaches in his entire life sober cold Mm. approach meaning you know she's somebody there's no relationship yet there's it's not like somebody in class right somebody like on the street and yeah i think that's it's probably true um, and yeah. the reason is, you know, we want to stay safe. We want to stay in our comfy little bubble where, you know, everything feels good. We don't want to feel, we don't want to experience pain. And somebody, when you take it as like, oh, that person didn't accept me, that feels painful. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, it's perspective because then you're looking on just the, what, what, what happened that didn't go well. Oh, well, she didn't like me. Well, how do you know she didn't like you? Maybe she was just in a hurry. That has nothing to do with you. Maybe she has a boyfriend. She's in a relationship. That has nothing to do with you. Right? So again, it's like looking at what worked in the situation instead of just focusing on what didn't work. And part of that is being, most guys are just in their head. They're overanalyzing the situation. They see a beautiful woman and then they're thinking, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if she laughs at me? What if everybody around me hears? What if I feel like crap afterwards? And they think of all these negative worst case scenarios and they talk themselves out of it instead of talking themselves into it and saying, well, what if she's the one? What if I build a lot more confidence because I actually have the balls to go talk to her? Maybe that's all I get out of it. Or maybe she becomes my loving and loyal, amazing girlfriend. Like you don't know, right? Until you go over there and, and find out. So, but nobody thinks like that, right? We're in yeah. our head, we're thinking the worst case scenario. So you just gotta get into your body and just bring all that energy that's in your head that's going a, a million miles an hour, it seems, and just let that all go. Let go of all the fear, the insecurities, the what ifs and just drop into your body and then you're a lot more grounded you're more present and then it doesn't seem so hard to go talk to her it's like oh there's a cute girl i'm attracted to her let's go talk to her and she's going to be more attracted to you in that state because if you go up to her and you're really super you know nervous and shaking there's nothing wrong with being nervous or shy you can own that and that can still be fairly attractive but when you're you know super ungrounded and you're in your head and you're, you can't even really make good eye contact, it's gonna come off as super awkward. It's gonna make her feel uncomfortable and then she's, she's not gonna be attracted. And then it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Then it's like, well, see, I shouldn't have done it anyway. She just rejected me. Hmm. And that's what we help guys with, overcome not only the fear, but also be internally, like you said, right? If you're making sales calls, and if you know you have a good product, then sometimes it's just you need to go out there and make more sales calls. It's the same thing, but you gotta have that good product. So you yourself have to be internally validated. Doesn't mean you have to be a good product in the sense that you need lots of money and super tall and amazing looks and all that, but you need to be a good product in the sense that you're not <laughs> exuding all this shame and insecurities and you know stuff that repels people. Yeah. Is there, is there any, uh, 
Are there any good techniques for shifting state rapidly? Like, let's say, you know, you're you're on the street and you're in maybe you're not in the the best state. Um, do you have any techniques for kind of instantly shifting that? Um, I know you mentioned presence, but is there, you know, any techniques for either becoming rapidly present that people could use or other things for like shifting that state quickly? There's one easy one that I like, which is I call the no pressure approach, where you see a beautiful woman, you don't feel like talking to her, you want to deep down, like you want to go on a date with her, you're attracted to her, but you don't want to risk embarrassment, you're feeling nervous, and you're about to talk yourself out of it, is just take all the pressure away and just say something. The easiest something is usually just asking for directions. Just go up to her and ask for directions. And if that's all that happens and you find out where those directions are or she doesn't know, great, at least you did something. It's not a big something, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. And then, you know, you could always take it further too. It's not like that is the only thing that, that will happen is you ask her for directions and then she leaves. No, you could take it further. Because then what happens is like, you realize, wow, I'm talking to this beautiful woman. I only asked her where Starbucks is, but here I am now right in front of her and she's talking to me. She's telling me where it is and she seems nice. She has a great energy. She's smiling. Well, it's like, well, man, I should take it further, right? So instead of thinking about all of the steps, oh, I gotta approach her, I gotta make her laugh, I gotta have a good opener, I gotta carry the conversation and ask her all these questions and uh, do all this stuff, get her phone number, try to get a date. It sounds really hard when you think of all these steps that you gotta do. Instead, just think of, oh, I'm just gonna walk up to her, ask her for directions, and then maybe take it further, maybe not, we'll see. It just makes yeah. things a lot easier. It actually puts you in the present moment because you're just thinking, okay, cute girl, let's just start walking towards her and ask her whatever, anything. It takes all the pressure away. So that's, that's helpful. At the same time, you wanna work on feeling more like in state all the time, right? Feeling just good about yourself. Like state could be social state. Well, okay, talk to people everywhere. You know, make little comments all the time. But state could also mean just feeling confident. You can feel confident pretty much all the time. Yeah, I mean, everybody feels down and sad or unconfident sometimes. Like, I don't care who you are. You can be the richest man on the planet. I'm sure there's times where you're not feeling great. Everybody feels like shit sometimes. But that yeah. shouldn't be the default state. You should be like happy, excited about life, and confident 99% of the time, or at least high percentage of the time. If not, then there's something wrong. I, I, maybe wrong is too strong of a word, but there's something you need to be working on. Um, you know, I feel pretty happy like all the time. Like I'm very rarely like in a negative state, but I'm still working on myself. I'm still like, how can I reach the next level of life? I know there's more, but when you feel great about yourself, like there's no reason not to approach. Like you see somebody you want to talk to, you just, you do what you want all the time. You just and live in this state that you go for what you want. You do what you want pretty much all the time, as long as it doesn't impact anybody in a negative way. And obviously approaching a beautiful woman in the way we teach people is always going to be a positive thing for her. Yeah. How, how much is your, um, is your sort of day-to-day -day happiness changed a lot uh, since, you know, maybe over the last, what was it, like 10, 12 years, right? In terms of your journey. Um, do you feel like your day-to-day -day experience of life has changed a lot and happiness or do you feel you know were you kind of a pretty happy outgoing guy to begin with 
I was never like super depressed or anything, except for that period of time where I felt totally lost that I yeah. mentioned. But a, a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it has to do with what we already talked about, the gratitude and just the perspective of life, right? Some people look at always are self-critical and always looking at what they didn't do right. And they don't give themselves any validation of what they did do right. Um, so I think that's really important. Like you can't have one without the other. You can't be Mr. Positive either and say, I'm perfect. I do everything right. Cause then you're never going to grow. You have to look at your failures and learn from them. But what's also helped is just setting small goals on a daily, weekly basis and big goals on a yearly basis and just getting closer to those goals. And those can be personal. Those can be like how I want to be as a person type goals, but they can also be like financial goals and health and, you know, business goals and just keep leveling up, you know, getting closer and closer to those goals. I mean, that's that's part of what brings us happiness. Also, philanthropy and, and contribution is really important for our happiness, but also that we're progressing in life because if we're not progressing, then we're decaying. We're actually going backwards. Yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, just getting on a roll in life is just so important, right? You need that momentum. Um, and that momentum spills over into other things as well, right? So I think if you if you have momentum in a few areas of your life, then your dating life is going to have momentum as well, mo- much more naturally. Um, I certainly yeah, been, and vice versa. Like when your yeah. dating life is going really well... You're, you're, you're feeling confident, you're feeling secure, usually your other parts of your life, like your business and your financial life will get better. Like they really do intersect a lot more than we think, for sure. Yeah, because I, th- I think that when people are unfulfilled in their dating life, they feel like there's this big hole that they m- maybe need to address, right? And so it can actually distract from, um, you know, some other goals right whereas when you get into a good relationship or you have things going on then that's almost like a platform and like fuel for the rest of your life as well and you're like you can sort of breathe a you can breathe a sigh of relief and it's like you've got that area of your life handled and then you can just go and like you know smash whatever on the the business um or your fitness or whatever but i think uh yeah you you got to have both but Otherwise, you'll have some sense of lack and that sense of lack will affect your decision making. It'll affect your prioritization and it'll affect your sort of energy and the, you know, how your level of sort of vibration, right? You will have a bad vibe if you have a sense of lack in your life, uh, for sure. Um, Like I certainly find that the periods where my dating life's been good or when I've met really amazing girls that I've gone on to have long relationships, you know, like years, um, and, you know, proper sort of love relationships with, they've all come during periods where you sort of, you know, everything else is going well as well. Right. And then it just kind of happens. Um, yeah. yeah, they definitely go hand in hand. And a lot of people, they think, well, let me get my money situated. Let me get my job, my career situated first. Then I'll start dating. And yeah, it's fine if you want to do that. But a lot of times that kind of 
backfires and it's like shooting yourself in the foot because how, how happy are you really going to be if you are not socializing if you don't have people in your life and all you're focused on is your job and career and you're not focusing on this other there's a big imbalance like you probably won't actually do as well i think in your career and with your finances if you're yeah. totally imbalanced on other parts of your life and you know at the end of the day are we gonna be most happy about when we're on our deathbed that oh we have a million dollars in our bank account or are we gonna care more about the people that are around us i mean truth is like health is is number one i think yeah. <laughs> as you know because you're not gonna have any people if you're dead so health is like the most important thing you gotta focus on that you know if that's out of whack then focus on that forget about relationships for for a little bit and just focus on your health but after yeah. health comes relationships and after relationships that's when job and finances and all the other stuff career happens like you got to have good relationships or you're not even going to be happy what's what's the point having money if you have nobody to share it with yeah um i feel like uh yeah i feel the same way i think it's really difficult to be to be happy when there's something going on with your health it's really difficult and and uh so i uh, whenever someone uh close to me has anything going on with health like i'll sit i'll just encourage them like 100 percent, just drop everything deal with that so Matt, you you mentioned you know just uh, a bit about you know your goals your growth whatever i'm just curious like what are you actually working on at the moment yourself? What are your, you know, where are you trying to grow in your life? And also you mentioned that you're in a relationship. And so I wanted to talk maybe like about, you know, becoming more attractive to your current partner as well. And actually like working on that from within a relationship, right? Cause I don't feel like that is covered very often at all. And I don't know if you've thought um, much about that. I assume you have, but uh yeah, curious what you what you would say about that. Yeah, question I get a lot is like, how do I have a how am I in a relationship yet still have a business where I have to you know approach women and talk to women and give examples and stuff. And um, yeah, when when you have this skill where you can pretty much f at least feel like you can go out and meet pretty much any woman. And it doesn't mean every single woman is going to be attracted to you, of course, but a lot more are now than used to be. Um, then, of course, your standards go up a lot, too. So, uh, you know, after a long time of just kind of raising my standards, having very low standards when I started and having much higher standards now, um, I found somebody who I've just found that I can connect the most with. And she's totally cool with what I do and you know still like even progressing and learning in that area of my life when it comes to women like she's totally fine with that and even helping in the business and everything so it's really it's really awesome very fulfilling yeah um but even I just wondered like um if you have any content or, or you help you know, guys actually just sort of be even become more attractive to their existing girlfriend, because I think that's also can sort of keep the relationship together. Right. And just like bonds that bonds that together over time. Yeah, we had a guy on our New York boot camp a little while back and he was in a relationship 
and he almost canceled the the workshop because he, you, you know he booked it when he was single and then a couple of weeks later he got in a relationship and so he told his girlfriend he's like yeah i booked this thing when i was single it's like this workshop to go out and meet women and like learn how to be more confident and stuff like that i was gonna cancel but i just wanted to see what you think and she's like no i want you to do it like <laughs> yeah do it and so yeah, he was there and each day he would come back and he'd be like, wow, my girlfriend is like way more attracted to me. Like she jumped on me when I got home. Like she could see a difference. As soon as I walked into the house, I was more calm, more grounded, more just sure of myself when I came in. And I just messaged him recently. And this was like <clears throat> probably only about seven months after the relationship or after the boot camp. And now they're engaged with a child on the way. And he's super happy. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's really happy. So it's cool. Yeah, it's rare that we'll have a situation like that because mostly we're helping single guys meet, attract, and date their dream woman. But yeah, once in a while we get guys like that who already are in a relationship <laughs> and they just want to be, they just want to prove their confidence and their skills in that relationship. And a lot of the skills, the psychology, the confidence, it, it carries over to the relationship, of course, like pretty much all of it does. Like if you're, if you're good at the beginning part, you're going to be much better at the relationship part as well. So we're definitely helping guys with that. Yeah, um, I mean, for for our viewers, you know, um, let's say people who are just maybe haven't engaged with any any dating coaches, dating channels, whatever on, on YouTube. You know, where where do you think people should actually? Is there a universal starting point? You know, how much um, how much of what you teach is kind of universal principles versus like personalized uh teaching right because like is there sort of a very standard st starting point for your typical client or the kind of people that that buy your courses or you know do you do you find like people have to um you have to take a more personalized approach and kind of tailor the material uh, or the priorities around people's situations you know what what's that like there's a little bit of there's definitely both there's definitely a personalized aspect to it that's really important because everybody's different and everybody has different uh, i don't want to say goals because usually the goals are similar they want to date their dream woman you know they want to be able to find somebody they can have a long-term relationship with who's compatible and not settle but their personality is different some are introverts most are introverts but some are extroverts um, you know, there's just different personality types. So that's why the one-on-one the -on -one aspect is really important and not just getting like the cookie cutter advice or the generic, you know, one size fits all advice. But there are similarities as well. That's why in our coaching program, we do have like modules and videos that they watch and everybody watches those before we give them the customized advice because there's just certain things that like, every single guy on our workshop does wrong mm -hmm. without a doubt like talking too fast is one of them right and it all comes down to internally right they're nervous they're scared they want to get out of that situation right away so they're talking really fast their eye contact is really bad usually um yeah things like that which are easy fixes in a, in a sense it's like okay slow down <laughs> problem solved but it's easier said than done 
right? You can tell a guy to slow down, but he needs to experience what it's like, which is why instead of just sending him out to go meet women and giving him these things, okay, stand tall, look at her in the eyes, speak slowly and say this. Um, instead of just doing that, we also bring in models for them to role play with. That way they can practice in that environment. Like I can actually like help them slow down. Because even when you tell somebody slow down, they don't slow down. They think they slow down, but they didn't yeah. at all, really. It's a microsecond. So you got to have a controlled space where you can really dial those things in and really, really work on them. Yeah, I, I think whenever that's where people, the growth happens quickly. Yeah, I think whenever, um, whenever people are making changes, I think that like what feels like a significant change to you internally is usually like a tiny adjustment from an external perspective you know like people just um at the moment you know uh i'm taking singing lessons as a personal sort of challenge to me and not not because i'm good at good at singing at all in fact it's the opposite i'm absolutely abysmal at singing but it's a good sort of uh comfort zone um challenge um and with things like that um other activities that I've done in the past, like maybe improv class or, you know, um, yeah, other sort of performance activities, right? It's like you feel like what you're giving is just like everything, but it's it's nowhere near, right? Like there's this internal resistance um, that's, that holds people back. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, what feels like a big shift for you is actually like still still average right like what you think is loud or can actually still be like in the middle if you if you're if you're a naturally quiet person right you have to really push to the point where something's genuinely uncomfortable probably to actually yeah and, make a and everybody has shift. blind spots right so yeah. you don't even know what you're doing wrong just like with singing you might think you sound great in the shower by yourself and you know that's why people go on like American Idol thinking they sound amazing and they're horrible because they don't have a coach they don't have somebody who's like no you need to start at the basics here's what you need to do because you sound like shit we yeah. but don't worry I'm here to help you like that's the thing we don't we don't see our own flaws sometimes so we need somebody that's why they're called blind spots because they're blind to us so we need somebody to pinpoint those and sometimes those small little things like you mentioned volume when it comes to talking to somebody, you might be always speaking at this volume your entire life, which is not bad. You can hear me right now, but it doesn't sound very confident. But if I speak like this, it sounds a lot more confident. This is my natural way of speaking now, but it wasn't always. I used to speak at that lower volume. Yeah. And you'll never know. You'll just always have these bad interactions because when women find you as not confident just because a subtle little thing is volume. And it's so easy. Just turn up, turn <laughs> up the amp a little bit and then all of a sudden you speak a lot louder. It's, it's, it's easy, but it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Somebody who's been doing something their whole life ineffectively, um, that's been pushing away women, it's, it does take some time and practice, obviously, to recondition that behavior. But the sooner they can do it, the better, because or else they just keep going years and years making the same mistakes and conditioning that behavior that's not helping them. Yeah, um, shifting gears a little bit i guess obviously you know you're you're on the remote your podcast so you've kind of checked us out what, what we're doing i I'm, would really be interested in your 
opinion, your perspective, like does porn come up in your coaching and with your clients and things? And like, you know, what, what's your opinion on, on porn generally? Right. And I, I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's either negative to sort of pretty disastrous for your dating life and relationships. Personally, that's what, that's what I believe. Um, and certainly a lot of our users would probably share that opinion, but I, you know, we're working on this all day, every day. So you can kind of lose perspective about what the a mainstream opinion is or what, what, what your typical guy thinks. But I'm curious, just like, what's been your experience? Does it come up with clients in, in or in your coaching at all? Do you ever talk oh, about Oh yeah, this? Jack, totally. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely comes up and there's no benefit from it. Um, that I can see really. And it, it does nothing but harm on many levels. Like, it's not just like, oh, well, you lose a little bit of motivation. So, you know, if you watch porn today, later on, I'm not going to feel like going out to meet women. That's, that's true. So it, it does that, but it does so much worse, so much, so much, so much other damage. I mean, it depletes your, not only your confidence level and just like feeling secure as a man, as like a confident man that can go out and meet women that he can have sex with. Instead, you have to watch other people. It's like this weird voyeuristic thing that we don't even think. You're sitting there like watching two other people have sex that probably aren't even enjoying it. They're just acting. Um, but not only that, I mean, it, it affects your dopamine levels. So like how we talked about in the beginning, you're not even really happy you think you're happy because it, it just becomes your kind of new default level, but yeah. you're not really reaching your true level of happiness. If you're, if especially if you're doing it like all the time, because your just dopamine is complete, uh, depleted. How can you feel happy? How can watching a sunset give you joy when you don't even have the dopamine to to make you feel that way, right? So it really kind of makes your whole system out of whack, and not only that, but it conditions you to only get aroused in a specific situation while you're looking at your phone or your computer at a certain type of you know image or video so when you're with a real woman you're less likely to actually be able to perform well or even get it up yeah so i mean there's and that's like the whole goal usually (laughs) not the whole goal that's definitely not the whole goal of like what we're teaching our whole goal is to help guys get into a relationship but as far as like sex is concerned you know they they want the real thing not the fake thing but the fake thing is just easy it's literally like it's the easiest thing in the world to to get now because like the real thing is is you know take some work you got to go out there and meet the woman and actually do it but the reward is infinitely better obviously i i feel like it even but i feel like it even affects has effects beyond that right because it affects people's ability to relate and actually appreciate the the women that they actually are with or you know meet or dating or whatever as well so it has it's like it actually just it has quite it has effects like all the way down the the chain right not just in the oh yeah in the relationship for sure oh yeah yeah we were just touching on the beginning but in the relationship sure you're comparing if you're still watching porn when you're in the relationship you're going to be comparing obviously what you're looking at compared to your spouse or your girlfriend which i mean it's all fake so that's not a worthy comparison by any means or healthy at all yeah there's just there's a lot of downside i mean it's even part of our program in our in our 90 day mentoring program i introduce it pretty early i don't think it's on week one 
it's like week two or week three. Like, okay, now really? it's time to quit porn. Okay. It's, not, it's That's only going to hold you back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big part of it. And we only have a, a few habits that they have to do, like five daily habits, but one of them is no porn. Yeah. It's, it's up there in the top five for sure of like things that are going to help you get better results. Yeah. I mean, in how, every part how, of your life, really. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, how, I mean, how can you. How can you actually be the best version of you when that's in your life, right? It's just like, it's just not really possible. Um, yeah. But um, that's really cool that it's part of the program. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, but um, yeah, so actually talking of, uh, I guess, while we're on apps, right? So obviously we've got the remote you app. Um, I saw that you just posted uh, coming soon, um, the Pocket Wingman app. Can you tell us a bit about that? Just like, what, what is it? What, what are you working on? I'm just, I'm curious. Yeah, one of the biggest things that guys ask on our live workshops is how can I find a wingman? And so I've been, you know, tackling that issue for a while. Like, how can we help guys? I tried making Facebook groups, um, but those didn't work. Those got shut down. Just wingman Facebook groups, um, you know, nothing, nothing bad in them at all it's just like personal even personal development stuff um got shut mm. down i had meetup groups in a lot of different cities like 12 cities i think i even had one in london at one point that had like hundreds of people meetup shut all of those down again they were they weren't oh, pickup really? artist meetup groups i'm not into the pickup artist scene at all it's just personal development and finding other like-minded men. But apparently in today's days and age, it's very hard to start a men's only group. It's kind of deemed a hate group nowadays, which is very sad. So I'm trying to do the wingman app application. Uh, um, uh, I'm trying to go that route to create a, an app where you can actually yeah. like swipe and meet guys <laughs> instead of swiping okay. on Tinder, you're swiping on guys, which is kind of funny. But there's also a bunch of other things in there like advice and kind of what to text and what to do in certain situations and, and helpful things like that. Um, I just saw today that it got denied from the Google store. So we'll see if it's if my vision will even become a reality. Like I said, it's very hard to do something that's very specific for men nowadays without that's... getting a lot of heat from, you know, the politically correct out there. Yeah, we are possibly about to to go into that into that phase right remote we're just we're just kind of accelerating our growth at the moment you know so we're running at about we get about 1000 so over 1000 installs a day at the moment um and that's probably going to accelerate pretty dramatically in the next two months or so um and nice uh yeah we just um you know, it's an early stage company. I just did my first sort of newspaper interview today where someone, a uh, journalist found out about us and contacted me Did it when we did an interview with one of the uh, pretty big newspaper in the UK um, here. And yeah, we, our, our product and, and app has been tailored for men because that's, you know, 99 or it seemed like 99% of people who had a problem I might actually be wrong about that. It's very difficult to get data, but um, you know, I think there is a significant number of women with a problem as well. Um, but because it's just overwhelmingly male, we've developed the app and the brand uh, to cater for men. And um, yeah, we're already getting questions about, is this just for men or is it not? And it's like, well, 
absolutely not just for you know women are by all means welcome but we're going to have to think about yeah how do we how do we manage that when we rely on all of these different platforms for you know distribution and awareness and you know to even for you know to distribute our apps and and things like that so i was wondering if you'd had any um battles with your youtube channel as well because i i know that basically quite a lot of dating content can sort of come under attack as well i don't know if you've had any trouble on youtube or is it we haven't sailing? really had any 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 trouble um but competitors have of course mm. i mean i know i know people who have had their channel shut down for various reasons i mean the whole industry has come under attack and there could be some you know i'm sure there's companies and people out there that are teaching stuff and putting stuff out there that is not good i mean i've seen it actually a lot of it is is not good um, I saw a video recently, how to make a woman obsess over you, which I'm going to make a video with the same title, but it's going to be very authentic and very like real. His whole thing was like manipulate her and like lie and all this stuff. I was like, dude, this oh, is man. horrible. And it says like hundreds of thousands of views. This is horrible advice out there. So some of it, yeah, <laughs> rightly so should be taken down, I think. <laughs> but unfortunately, like when there's some bad apples, like the whole genre gets like lumped into it like oh you're a dating coach that must mean you're a pickup artist which means you teach men how to manipulate women and get them into bed as fast as possible which is not true at all right like i said i came from kind of a pickup artist background in the beginning because that's all i knew that's all that was out there and then i quickly realized there's a much better authentic genuine way to do things so we have gotten some flack from certain communities um, but nothing like nothing too crazy. I mean, there are, I've, I've read articles about me out there that, that were completely false. Um, you know, but they're out there and they're on some big media sites, but, uh, you know, I don't let it affect me. I know who I am. I know what I teach is really powerful in a positive way and not only helps men, but helps women, man. The women we interview, like, it's, it's so, we almost never get a, a woman that's like, oh, you shouldn't teach guys how to be confident and talk to women. Like, they all want that. They're like, yes, oh my God, I love what you do. You need to teach more men this. And when the women get approached by the guys in our workshop, I mean, they're so happy that they got approached. Like, it makes their day. They're, it's, 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 they love it. You know, that's why we bring women into our workshop too, to help the guys. And, the, you know, we interview the women afterwards. Um, we, can a we ask them questions. Uh, I tell the guys, you have a chance to ask, you know, these women some questions that you want a female opinion. And the women always say, oh, this is great what you're doing. You know, I wish more guys had confidence to do this. And, yeah, more guys should take this kind of stuff. So it's just it's the people that don't understand it. And they, you know, there are some bad companies out there. So then when they see a good company, they don't know the difference because they, they don't take the time to do the research. And they just think, oh, this guy's giving dating advice. It must all be bad. That's why, like, why did our meetup groups and all these things get shut down? We weren't doing anything bad. We are helping guys meet other guys so they can go out and make friends with like-minded people, right? But can't do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, we're, we just want to build better men and, uh, you know, allow more men to be high quality, high value, just fulfill their potential. And that's better for everyone, no doubt. Um, Definitely. It's better for women too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. On many levels. I and mean, we can get into the kind of the dark levels too, why it's 
it's better for women to have men that are confident, not addicted to porn and, and these kind of things that are secure in themselves and that have the mentality that they want to protect women and keep women safe, not use them as sex objects. I mean, it's totally helpful. Like what you're doing is totally helpful for women too. Even if the app is only for men, it's totally going to help women indirectly, right? And who knows how many like rapes you, you may uh, prevent. I mean, you, you'll never know probably, but you're doing something that's totally amazing for women too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The reaction from women is, is yeah. Overwhelmingly positive or curious or just pure curious curiosity yeah. as well. Uh, they're totally fascinated if, uh, if, if nothing else, um, whenever I share what we're working on, uh, with, with women, but, um, but yeah, so on that note of, of building uh, better men, Matt, where can people actually engage uh, with you, learn more about your stuff, um, get involved in your programs and really, you know, build their, their dating life and get those get the results they want in that area of their life? Well, you can find me on social media. Again, my name is Matt Artisan, M-A-T-T-A-R-T-I-S-A-N, just like an artisan. And follow me on Instagram. I have a lot of content there. I even post some of my interactions with women on there for guys to kind of just see what's possible. And my company is The Attractive Man. So you can go to theattractiveman.com if you're interested in coaching or just learning more, seeing where we're going to be. Uh, we have workshops in Europe and all over um, USA, even South America. Uh, yeah, so check it out there. And our YouTube is also called The Attractive Man. So you can find us on YouTube, The Attractive Man. Simple and enough. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. Really appreciate the conversation and um, wishing you all the best. Thanks a lot for being on the Remote Your Podcast. Thanks again.